Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Mike McGowan. So glad that you're here today. And uh, joining Amy and I on stage today are our kids, Libby and Ben. So let's welcome them to the park today. Let's do that. Kids, why don't you take just a second to introduce yourselves, would you please? Hi, my name's Libby. I'm 15 years old. I'm a freshman, and I was born three months before this church was started, and so this is the only church I've ever known. I'm Ben. I'm 13, going to be 14 this summer. I'm in seventh grade, and believe it or not, I've gone to this church my whole life. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we've been talking about parenting and grandparenting the last three weeks. And so what we wanted to do today was we wanted to let you see parenting from their side of the equation. You know, because a lot of times some people think that, you know, because, you know, we're a pastor's family, that a pastor's family is perfect, which, like, we know, <laughs> we know that's not true, right? Um, but at the same time, what we also want to do is we want to give you a chance to see how some of the parenting principles that we've been talking about in this series have been put into practice and how they play out in a family's life. And again, not that we've been perfect with it, because the truth is we really haven't. And we have given our kids permission to share their experiences without us editing it. So you guys are getting kind of a sneak peek in our family and the real deal, the good, bad, and the ugly. That's true. Yeah, and so that said, um, things are going to be a little bit different today than normal. For instance, like if you look at your sermon notes today, they're almost blank, okay? Which, Which means... Today, you've got to take notes like big people, okay? So as we go on, if you feel like God is telling you something, just write it down. And so that way you can uh, have that to take with you, okay? All right, so let's get started. Um, Kids, what, what is it that we have done to give you a good start in life spiritually? Let me, let's uh, start with you. Um, one thing that y'all have, like, really done when I was younger that helped me, like, go on a track to grow spiritually and mature spiritually is um, y'all would, after breakfast, y'all would ask us to pick out a quiet time video, which then we would later watch. And these quiet time videos consisted of um, little kids' Bible stories, Hermie and Wormy, Salty the Singing Psalm book, and of course, Veggie Tales. Um, another thing that was really important that I still use today um, to help me grow spiritually um, is while we were playing or in the car or while in the kitchen while mom was cooking, you know, breakfast or lunch, dinner, whatever, um, she, y'all would play um, age-appropriate Christian music, you know, so that that was just always going through our heads and in our minds and throughout our day. And there was something else that you always listened to. Do you remember what it was? Oh, that's right. Um, When we were little, right before we went to bed, I would get to pick out a Bible story CD. These CDs um, consisted of Bible stories from the beginning of the Bible all the way until the end. And they were on these little CDs. And I got to choose one every time or every night before I went to bed, um, which then I would watch or listen to as I would go to sleep. And those were invaluable for our kids. They listened to them all the time, and they were so invaluable for them and that we actually have them available for y'all on the app. And so later today, I think this afternoon or this evening, you guys can go and download those Bible story little CDs and um, have them for your kids as well. That's right. Okay, Ben, what about you? What have we done to help you spiritually get a good start? Well, I'm just going to be honest. As a little kid, church was... Boring. <laughs> like, 
boring. Snooze fest, all right? Okay. <laughs> ben, seriously boring? Yes. Okay, is it still boring for you? No, not anymore because I've been going to church a lot and so it made a habit of it and it made me start liking it. And so then, you know, I've missed a few weeks in the past month or so and when I was gone, I was like, man, I kind of wish I was at church because I now have a habit of going and so it makes me like church more. So like when I go to college and after that, um, I'm going to like go to church. Yeah, it's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> And listen, hey, the parents, like, you need, grandparents, you need to hear this. Um, I mean, here's a pastor's kid saying that for him at one season in his life, that church was boring, okay? But because he kept going to church, he eventually got to the point where, like, okay, I'm getting a lot out of this. Look, and every study that you'll ever read about kids in church will tell you the exact same thing, that kids who consistently go to church when they're young have a significantly higher chance of being involved in church when they're older, when they're in college, and when they're a young adult. Every student will say that. And so even if your kids at some point in time go, oh, church is so boring, you know what? It's a good idea that they continue to go anyway because if they never know what it's like to consistently go to church now, then when they get older, they won't know what it feels like to you know, make space for church in their schedule. And they will never have experienced um, getting something out of church, and so then why would they choose it? Well, the truth is they won't. And now, a, a few of them will, but the majority of them won't. So you've got to be consistent in helping them go to church and, you know, being a part of a church body, a church family, you know? Yeah, one thing I want to add, though, is that I, I've been serving every week with the two-year-olds for years now, and that's one thing that, like, made me want to go to church more because it made me feel important that, and, like, I was needed in the church and so it made me start wanting to go to church more, not just being forced to. Yeah, and I think that's, I, I think that's really important because in this day and age, our teenagers struggle with trying to find their voice, trying to see where they matter, trying to see that they make a difference, and being able to serve at church. Like, I've noticed a huge difference for you just in self-esteem and confidence and being able to know that you do make a difference and that you do matter. So I think mm -hmm. serving in church is huge. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's switch gears. Um, a little nervous to ask this one. Um, <laughs> Libby, what is the dumbest rule that you think we have? Okay, to be honest, I don't really think we have, like, rules in our family. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. No, we got rules. And we got a really, really dumb one, all right? So, <laughs> so we can't watch TV on a school night. Like, come on. So, <laughs> I get it if we have, like, homework or we got to study for a test or something, but, like, so most of the times I've either already done my homework or I don't have any tests or I don't ha have homework and it's too dark to go outside and I can't watch TV because it's a school night. Uh, ben, <laughs> dude, I don't, know, I don't know if you know this, but a few years ago they invented these things. They're called books. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so. You've mentioned those before. Yes, I'll mention them again too, yes. Okay, so Ben, it's not even your turn. I'm not sure how you've wormed your way into this. So Libby, back to you and that we have no rules, right. but... Clearly, we have rules. I think yeah. we actually have a lot of them. So can you explain that? Because I think that's, I'm a little confused with that. Yeah, okay. So we do have rules. But the thing is, y'all have helped me understand the, like, why behind these rules. And so it's more of a choice to, like, obey these rules and 
almost like a guideline for my life of like what I want it to look like instead of like something like I have to obey and like a concrete like gate, open, wall, whatever. Um, like for instance, um, we have a rule in our family where we are not allowed to watch a movie or TV show without our parents' permission or have them already seen it. I mean, I haven't always liked the decisions that they've made about a movie that I might want to see, but y'all have explained the why behind that rule, the why of like guarding my heart from the things that like the devil has put into movies and TV shows that would like to steer me away from the Lord and for what God wants me to be and install um, anger and fear and insecurities in my life. And so knowing the why behind it makes that like a choice of something I want to follow so I don't go out seeking like movies that I can't watch instead of like just wanting to yeah, go yeah. along with that. Listen, and mom says like you need to hear that because um, it's important that you explain the why behind rules, especially as kids get older. Because otherwise, it just feels like uh, from their perspective that you're just giving them rules for the sake of rules or rules for the sake of control and that kind of thing. Just wears kids out. In fact, the Bible warns us about this. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, the Bible says this. It says, fathers, and really it means that's for both parents, do not exasperate your children. And one of the things that exasperates kids the most is just an endless set of rules without knowing the why behind any of it. And so we, when we give you a rule, we try to help you understand the why behind it. Now, you two haven't always agreed with the why behind yeah. the rule, but truth is, I'm okay with that because we're responsible to God for how we rear you as kids, and, but we're going to try to help you understand the why as much as we, as we, as we possibly can, okay? So anyway, so while we're talking about rules, um, Ben, for you, what is, in your opinion, what is a good rule that we have? Okay, one of the rules that I think that we have that's good is that every night before we go to bed, we have to uh, turn in our phones at the calendar. And that way, one, it keeps me from being up super late, like texting my friends or something. And two, it also like eliminates the temptation because there's kids my age that stay up at night and watch bad things. They watch porn and bad things at night, but it eliminates the temptation for me because it's not even an option because it's on the counter. And like this isn't an invasion of privacy, but we check our kids' phones. And the reason it's not an invasion of privacy is that was kind of the rule and the um, deal from the very beginning. Before they even got their phones, we said, we are going to be going through your phones periodically. And so we do. Periodically, we just check through the history and text messages. And it does two things. One, I think it helps keep them from something, doing kind of stupid stuff, but it also keeps us in the loop of what's going on. And we're not naive enough to think that like kids can't delete stuff or remove things. I mean, we know that, but we also know that we eliminate the opportunity for, you know, or at least reduce the risk of that. And if they're doing something that they shouldn't be doing, eventually it's going to come out. We are gonna yeah. find out. God always has a way of bringing things in the dark to light. That's true, yeah. that's, always, that's true. Okay, um, Libby. What is something that we have done as parents that you want to make sure that you do as a parent? There are a lot of things, and to be honest, like, I hope I can imitate practically everything that y'all have done. You know, that can... <laughs> Did you see the halo just form above her head? I'm like, ah. 
Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, like praying for us before we go to bed in like funny voices like you would in a pirate voice or dancing or letting us dance on your toes to KSBJ and, you know, discipling us as we've gotten older based on our personalities um, and like who we are in our walk with God. Um, so I just hope that I can really just imitate all of that with my kids when I get older because I've seen like the benefits that it's done like for me and for Ben like as we've gotten older and like I want that for my kids as well. Oh, that was sweet. Thanks. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Well, you've just now doubled your inheritance. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> okay. Uh, ben, same question for you. What have we done as parents that you think you would want to imitate as a parent? Well, one thing that you've done, it's kind of like an unspoken thing in our family that just kind of happens, um, is about two to three times a week, we always do something as a family, whether that's eating dinner together or watching a movie or, you know, but not on school nights. And um, <laughs> he can be or, taught, or yeah. you know, playing a game. And it, I like that because we have family time, and it makes us bond closer. So that in the tough seasons, we can get through it as a family and not have it break us apart, but have us pull it, pull us together. Yeah, very good, good. Um, okay, well now let's get uh, let's get super transparent here for just a second. Um, Let's talk about our parenting fails. Oh, no, so, I just like talking about what we do do well. Let's, no. let's not even do the parenting fails. <laughs> they didn't come here for that. They came here for the fails. So, uh, so, Libby, let's start with you. What, in your mind, are some of our biggest parenting fails? Well, I didn't want to pick on, like, just one of y'all. So, lucky for y'all, I have one for each of you. Oh, that's comforting. Can't yeah. wait for that. Okay, Mom, let's start with you. Oh, good. Start with me with the mic. Great. Okay. Bring it. One of your biggest parenting fails is when you try to micromanage me. I wish you would just tell me once and then let me make my own mistakes after that. Oh, so guilty of that. No, you're spot on. Um, that is a huge struggle for me is that micromanaging. And I, if I'm guessing, I don't think I'm alone in that parenting fail um, with moms. I think that... Um, when I am micromanaging or being controlling, um, I'm parenting out of fear. And when I am parenting out of fear, I am fearful that they're going to fail at something or they're going to miss out on something or somehow they're going to experience pain or disappointment or discouragement. And I don't want that for them, even though I know that that's the very thing that helps them sometimes the most. And when I rob them of the opportunity of failing, I also rob them of the opportunity of succeeding. And so um, I'm aware of it. I'm working on it. I just have a really long way to go. It's okay. Okay, Dad, your, like, parenting fail, like, it caused me a lot of pain and a lot of hurt, and it, like, it broke a lot of things, like, in me. Um, it started when I was in sixth grade, all the way up until the beginning of my eighth grade year, and... This parenting fail was like the thought that you didn't really love me, you know, and what would happen is you would come home from work and you'd say hi to me, but then after that it was all about Ben and it was never about me until it was time to go to bed. Y'all would throw the football, baseball, play with Nerf guns, go hunting, and I mean like I would try, you know, to do these things with y'all, but I, I just couldn't do it as well as y'all and I would get pushed out. And because of that, like, a small hole that started to grow in my heart, and it was labeled, like, my dad doesn't really love me. And, you know, through that, it just caused a lot of hurt and a lot of pain. And I didn't want to tell you because I didn't want to hurt your feelings. 
But then one day, you know, mom was talking to me, and like she always does, she says her little magical therapist words, and <laughs> and I broke, and like this hole was exposed to the light, and you know, mom made me, like forced me to sit down and tell you like what you had done and how that was making me feel, and thankfully, like we've been able to fix that and like restore what was broken. So, yeah. I, look, and I'll be honest with y'all, like. That was a really painful pill to swallow that my daughter thought that I didn't love her. But, like, here's the deal. Dur during that little season of my life, though, I was working too much. Like, I, I, would, I would come home later than I really needed to. And, and when I get home, like, Ben was sitting there with a football in his hand or he'd have a, his, you know, a baseball mitt with a ball in it and wanted to come throw. So, I mean, it was just the nat next natural thing to do was just, you know, spend time with him and, so we'd do that, and then, you know, we'd eat dinner, and then it was time, you know, for everybody to go to bed, so. Okay, but I also think part of it for you was that you knew what to do with a boy. You knew how to play and what to do, but I think with a teenage girl, I think you just didn't know what to do with a teenage girl. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair, and, and I, honestly, I think that's a lot of men, um, but that doesn't make it okay, and so now I've made a commitment, like, I come home every day at a very reasonable time, and... And for you and I, like, we make sure that we have a daddy-daughter day once yeah. a month, like, just us. And so we have these outings that we spend, and, and that has gone a long, long way to restoring our relationship. Yeah, it really has, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later. So. Yeah, okay. Okay, so I guess yeah. that means that, Ben, you're up for the parenting fails. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> He's a little excited about this. So, lucky for you, I got two for you. Awesome. Okay, how many do you have for your dad? None. No. <laughs> All right, so let me get this straight. You have two for me and none for your dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, so again, little window in our family, and my guess is probably for a lot of you moms that have teenage sons, um, when they turn 13, it's like that moms can do nothing right, and the dads have hung the moon and a few stars. Part of the Milky Way as well. And yeah. part of the Milky Way as well, yes. Okay, yeah. so why don't you tell me how I have ruined your life? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, one of the things you do is um, when you correct me, you talk way too much. <laughs> I mean, I just need one sentence what I did wrong, one sentence how to fix it, and one sentence how to do it differently. But when you keep going on and on and oh. on, it just goes in one ear, out the other, and I stop listening. Guilty, uh, but I think that's just part of having a therapist for mom. So yeah. since you have two for me, what is the second one that I will now be paying for therapy for you for as yes. we move forward? Uh -huh. So what's yes. my second parenting fail? So your second one is where you don't think I can do as much and do things that I know I can do, and it f feels like you're holding me back, even though I can do a lot more. So, like, example of this is when I started CrossFit about a year or two ago, you were so scared that I was going to throw out my back and doing you're weights. You're going to hurt yourself. You're doing no, too much weight. No, And you, <laughs> I mean, you're nervous Nelly over here. You want me to do, like, some old man weights like somebody does. <laughs> Whoa. You just got called out. Oh my God. You did not just do that. Oh my God. <laughs> ben, what's wrong? Yep. Okay, 
No, I hear what you're saying, and that is, I think that's a struggle, not just for me, but for a lot of moms. It's hard for us to want to let our boys go. It's hard for us to want to let them do things, and kind of like you didn't know what to do with a teenage girl, sometimes I don't know what he's capable of, which is why I have to take my cues, you know, from your dad. That's why I have to ask, like, hey, um, he's eight, and he's on the roof putting up Christmas lights. Can he really do that as I'm panicking? And you say, no, he's fine. He's got good balance, and he's got it. And I have to really take my cues from you because I don't want you to get hurt. See, that's that parenting out of fear thing. Um, I don't want you to get hurt. I don't want something really bad to happen. And if I'm going to be really honest, um, I think I'm afraid that, like, you're going to grow up and be all independent and, like, not need your mama anymore. Trust me, I'll always need my mama. Okay, we do have that recorded, so I can play that back when you're 16 or 17 and you think you don't need me anymore. Yeah, I'm going to play that back for you. Okay, Okay, so Ben, since you are on a roll, um, what other things would you say to moms of teenage boys that would be helpful? Well, I got two things. First one is give them freedom. Like, you didn't think I could do a lot of things like CrossFit and stuff, but you, you let me do that and it helped me a lot. Like, you didn't think it'd be a good idea to let a 13-year-old tinker around in the garage with uh, power tools and high-powered saws that could eventually, you know, potentially alter my life. So, yeah. You didn't think that was a good idea, but you let me do that and now I found a new hobby and stuff that I love to build and do woodworking and stuff. Yeah, you're actually really good at it, really good at it. So the second thing that I have is you need to let us be independent and not try to mom us through life. Like... (laughs) We do, isn't it? We mom you through life. Come on, Ben. Okay, well, what I mean is, like, you can't give them everything. They need to learn how to do things themselves. Like, you pretty much stopped giving me everything when I was about seven. Now, she gives me everything that I need, but anything that is a luxury item, I have to buy myself, and I've had to do that since, like, seven, and I'm going to be honest, I got real, I did not like not being able to get stuff that I wanted, so went out, started a lawn mowing business, and through that, because you let me be independent and made me buy things, I learned how to work hard and how to manage money and be money smart. Yeah, that's really true, and, and you're actually, you do know how to work hard, and you actually manage money very well for someone your age. You really do a great job with that. Thanks. Yeah, so that's just what, so, okay, so if it's better for a child to struggle now than be in college and not know how to do anything because mom gave them everything through life. Sure. All right, Libby, um, so we've heard what... Uh, what Ben would say to moms. So what would you say to dads about their daughters? Dads, your daughters, whether they're a teenager or a toddler, what they need from you is they need your love, attention, and they need to know that you're proud of them. You know, God created these wants and these needs in our hearts um, as daughters and as girls to be filled by a man. And right now, you are the man in our lives. And as a dad, if you're not providing these needs in your daughter's hearts that like need to be met, she's going to start going out and trying to find another man that can fulfill these needs for her. And, you know, if she, it can cause like a lot of regret and pain if she finds the wrong man and to fill this. And like one day it's going to be her husband's job. But for right now, it's yours. 
And I know it might be kind of hard to know, like, how do you meet these needs in your daughter's life, you know, so that she doesn't go find another man that you can, you know, really just meet these needs. Um, and it can be really simple. It can be as simple as just continuously reminding her that you love her on a regular basis and telling her how proud you are of her accomplishments and who she is becoming in Christ. And as dads, I know sometimes you might not know how to, you know, show your, like, interested and her interested and give her attention because you don't know what she likes. But it can be really simple. I'm, I'm going to share something that, like, my dad does sure. is we do a monthly outing together. We spend one day... Um, sometimes I plan what we get to do, sometimes he surprises me, and sometimes we plan it together. Um, and these, you know, times together have consisted of concerts, movies, um, shopping for pillows, and it always... Ceramics, we did that Oh yeah, the thing. painting ceramics. That was fun. Uh, yeah, that was really fun. Um, but, and yeah, so it's just like really helped, yeah. you know, fill those needs in my life and as a daughter that I need from my dad. Oh, thank so. you, honey. Um, all right. Ben, for you, what, what is something that we have said no to that made you really mad in the moment, but later on you were thankful for? Okay, one thing that you said no to that I am very, 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 very disappointed in the answer. Oh, I already know what this is going to be. Oh, okay. Nah. I'm glad you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that um, social media, that I couldn't have social media since like fifth grade, all of my friends have had it. All of his friends. Yes, all. all of them. Since like fifth grade. And it makes me feel sometimes out of the loop and left out because I don't have it. And sometimes I got jealous of, what, of that they had it and I didn't. But now I can see that it's done me a lot of good. Because one, a lot of people are just obsessed with it. And it, it takes away a lot of their time that I spend, you know, as a family and with my friends and stuff. So, that, but um, another, it's really protected me a lot because, especially with Snapchat, there is a lot of kids getting exposed to pornogra- pornography through that because, you know, I hear it all the time that, you know, somebody got caught with having nudes of others or sent nudes to somebody, and I'm just glad I don't have to worry about all that because I just don't have it. Yeah. Sure, but... Ben, if I'm remembering right, I think this was a really long debate um, from a drive from Houston all the way back to Fulcher where Ben was telling me all of the reasons why he should have social media, all the reasons why he should have Snapchat and Instagram and all the different things. And it really boiled down to one thing, um, and it is this, and it is that, you know, all things are permissible but not all things are beneficial. And so um, that is found in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. Um, And it just says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. And just at this stage in your life, Mm -hmm. we just don't feel like it's beneficial. So, Yeah, Yeah, true. Okay, Libby, one more for you, hon. What for you is your favorite grandparenting memory? Well, you see, this is kind of, like, difficult because my grandparents, like, each set is different, and I have different memories with each of them. For one, it's, you know, with my nana, you know, 
talking with her and playing in her makeup and picking out a purse that I get to carry all day and with my papa, you know, going through the woods and finding deer and arrowheads, which I later found were planted there for me to find. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and with another set of my grandparents, you know, this memory is a little bit more recent, but it's when I got to spend a weekend by myself um, with them and they just sat down and they told me their life story and they told me, you know, what God has done in them and through them. They showed me pictures of their high school and college experiences and their wedding album and how they met. And then, like, just things about their life that, like, God had shown them or done through them or done for them. And so it's just, like, really cool to be able to see all of that. Yeah. So, you know, both experiences and memories of my grandparents are very different, but they're very special to yeah. me. Good, good. Listen, I hope that what you've seen over the last three weeks and even today is how some of these parenting principles can be put into practice. But let me say this. Every child is different, and every family is different, which is why it is so important that you as a parent or a grandparent um, listen to God's Spirit, to the Holy Spirit in the moment so you know what to do and how to deal with your child or your grandchild. And so that hearing and following God in the moment is super critical, which is why starting next Sunday... Uh, I'm kicking off a brand new series. It's only three weeks, but it's called Ways. Let God lead. And so what we're going to do is for the next three weeks, we're going to talk about how we can hear God and follow him in the moment as he leads us, not just with parenting, but really in all areas of life. So it's really, really good. So I think it's a perfect follow-up to this parenting series here. So anyway, um, Ben... If there's some parents here that are not Christ followers, but as they've been coming to this series, if they would say, hey, this you know, Christian parenting thing actually has a lot more merit and a lot more value than I previously thought, and so I'd like to become a Christ follower, what would you say to them and how could they do that? All right, well, I would say, you know, if you're out there and you were like, this Christian parenting thing is pretty cool, I would kind of want to, I would want to try that, and that is something I'm interested in doing then there's a prayer at the bottom of your message notes on the back that if you pray that prayer, you'll become a Christ follower today. And that will really help you in your spiritual journey through parenting and everything else in life. So my sister's about to pray, and while she's praying, you can pray that prayer in your mes- at the, at, on the back of your message notes. Okay, um, would everybody bow their head and close their eyes, please? Dear Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Um, I pray that as my family and I have shared our experiences as parents and as teenagers of, you know, good Christ-following parents, um, that you would have spoken to some hearts and minds of parents now, grandparents, and future parents, Lord. Um, I pray that as everybody walks out of here today, that they would um, have taken something that you have specifically shown them uh, and apply that to their lives and their families today. So thank you for um, today. Thank you for um, allowing my family and I to be up here and get to talk to all these wonderful people in Jesus' name. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.